It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. Hey, here we are on the ultimate Cleveland sports show. Salute. Dodgers 3-0, big comeback win the other night. 3-0. 3-0. You don't get named after your sponsors like No, you. we don't have – no, we don't. Oh, we're, wow. we're our you, team names. We were the Royals back to day. Yeah, I know. We were too. But, like, in our league, it's you get named after your sponsor. So, we're swinging door. <laughs> you know what? That's a bad name for a baseball team. Shout out. It's a great bar. They have excellent food. Check it out in Rocky <laughs> Road. They, they hyphenated it like, hey, we playing swinging D today. We do SD. SD on three. <laughs> SD. <laughs> We cut it down. We were uh, we were down six one. Scored yeah. six runs in the last inning to win. Ooh. That's right. Which rally? Uh, two run triple. Oh, smoked it. Nice. He's he's back. The timing is, it, is, is down. The, is the home run fence reachable at your field? Uh, yeah. We had one kid hit like six out last year. Six. Yeah. Oh, he's pretty he, deep. He shaved on the way to games though. He was a oh, monster. Yeah, he's yeah. even bigger than my son. I got a kid on my team who's like must be five six. He's probably I think he's eleven lefty? years old. Huh? The lefty? Yeah. Big dude. Right? Big I think kid. he's like 5'6? Yeah, he's close just... to. Because my son's 4'11. Yeah. He's big, he just turned 10. Yeah. And he's big for his age. And this kid, Ben, towers over him. Well, so it was my happy birthday bowl on Sunday. Thank you. It Thank was you. my. It's my son's birthday. That's right. You guys share, share it. Share the birthday. Yeah. So we went to Great Wolf Lodge Sunday. And nice. my wife was watching he and I walk around the water park. Yeah. And she came up to me. She's like, hey, uh, he's got you by like a good couple inches. And I said, no way. No what? way. He's taller than you now? Yes. We really? did the back-to-back. My man-child has me by like that. What much. are you, 5'8"? Five, yeah, 5'9". Five, right. What a good day. <laughs> right, Flexion we'll at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on my tiptoe stretch. I couldn't, I couldn't catch him. He's got me. So I will never hear that. Live that. Day. All right. Well, 3-0 and oh, good. Way better than my team. Hopefully, we'll get on track today. I'm taking the whole team to the Guardians game on Friday. Nice. Nice. We're, we're very Astros, excited. right? He, or Boston. Playing the Astros. No. He, Astros. Playing Boston and then the Astros. Yeah. Starts on Friday. So yeah. that should be a lot of fun. We'll get to the Guardians later. We'll get to that Nudnik Kyrie Irving later. A lot of Browns topics. There was some breaking news this morning. None of us are big golf people, but uh, apparently Live Golf and the PGA Golf, which had this fight for, was it a year? How long was Live More around? than that. About that, two, two years. years. And now they've merged, and now all these guys that, if you want to say sold their souls, sold out, whatever, they, whatever you want to call it, I call it them being rich. Uh, <laughs> they signed all these deals. They still get their money. The, P, the guys who were loyal to the P. See, here's the bottom line. The billionaires who run these things, they don't give a shit about you. They don't. <laughs> they don't care. And, and I have no sympathy for the players. They're all rich. They're right. just different levels of rich. But uh, now they've merged and this, I guess, you know, lap or something. In, well, in sports, we talk about like rivalries and we try and yeah. build up when guys like talk a little smack about yeah. each other, whatever. And it's right. it's all very uh, vanilla, really, and sanitized. But in a golf, in golf, they really do hate each other. 
Like Brooks Kepka and the announcer, Brandel Chambly have been in this feud about if Kepka should be eligible to play. Uh, and, and Rory McIlroy has been one of the most outspoken against the live guys in general. And yeah. now they're all one big happy family again. This is going to be wild to watch. Like they're re- they truly do not like each other and they just throw bombs at each other. And now to have to coexist again, this is going to be fascinating to see how this plays Congratulations, out. Congratulations, all you guys. You played yourself. You played yourself. At the end of the day, they offering dudes two hundred million dollars to go play over over in uh, Saudi Arabia. And there was it two hundred million dollars? A golfer got two hundred million dollars. Guys, well, they got more. Some guys got more. Geez. They Some offered. Guys, what would they offer Tiger? Like six hundred million. Six hundred million. Yeah. Yes. He can't even play anymore. Doesn't matter. They wanted yeah. the name recognition. So you telling me you how sick do you got to be? You turn it down. Yeah. Because you uh you got patriotism and you you got on your moral soapbox and then come to find out the PGA who had sued them, all of the dudes that were saying you guys are are doing a, the United States a disservice because of your affiliation. Guess yeah. what? They now all of them belong to the same company. Fine. I don't know that the players that decided not to take the money should be ripped. I mean, if they are not ripped. Oh, no, no. But I, or be made fun of. I mean, they they feel a, Saudi they as hell today. Stand good for them. Fine. Uh, I, I, I mean, this is how I, I feel in general. You know, people want to, on, on both sides of the political aisle, and I was just talking about not being political, but I'm not, because I'm talking about both sides. There are people on both sides, depending on the business, who will say, I'm not going there, or I'm not buying this. And my theory on this has always been, that's fine, do whatever the hell you want, just don't tell me I have to do it too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's you, the same thing with politics and religion. Do whatever the hell you want, just don't tell me I have to do it too. And that's it. You want to you wanna boycott Live, you want to boycott Target, you want to boycott Chick-fil-A, Good for you. Just shut the hell up about it. I don't need to hear about it. I don't want to li- follow your lead. In Take the standards individually behind closed doors and but, do the little good you can. But I'm not going to rip somebody. But I'm not no, going to rip nobody no. for taking a bag of money. That, yeah. Like now, I'm sure there's guys behind closed doors that are like, I probably should have said Oh, 100%. That. Of, of course. I, I am as pro-capitalist as they come. Take the money. Every time. Take all you can. And this is why. Because those who took a moral stand, good on you for doing that. But now, what did, what did now it get you're you? part of the same company. What, what did it get? Even though you didn't want to be, and now it's good. So is it going to be called the PGA, or is it called something else? That's I mean, to be worked the out. The story and the details will be announced later. Just to All give right. you guys a idea of the money Liv was throwing these golfers. Phil Mickelson, when he signed, the details of the annual salary of the contract with Liv were never released. But Phil Mickelson's signing yeah. bonus was reportedly two hundred million dollars. That's the bonus. Brooks Kepka. Two hundred million dollars for what? For a one year? Just a signing bonus. So not oh, his annual salary, just a signing yeah. bonus. And uh, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, and Bryson DeChambeau reportedly received $100 million. Yeah. And it's a good thing they took those money, because those guys were probably pretty desperate. Hey, man, I, w- I would have had to take that money and go right to church. I would have went to church twice you, that day. You I would not have gone to church, but I would have gone. You, you don't have to be a big golf fan <laughs> if you if you want to learn a little bit more, a little bit behind the curtain of the Netflix series Full Swing gets into it a little bit with, yeah. with follow some of these golfers around and gets into their lives and what yeah. uh, some of the guys that took it and some that it, it, it was it was All really right. well done. I watched the whole documentary while I was driving to Indianapolis. Oh. While you were driving, <laughs> <Headed> the, <laughs> you're watching TV. I had it in the dash. <laughs> <very nice. laughs> I was more listening. It, got, yeah. it was more. It was That's more a podcast. Jason got one of them cars. They drive themselves. Yeah, right, back right, to right. A popcorn and everything. <laughs> uh, one last thing, real quick, before we get to the Browns. I need. I need an opinion. All right. Well, what do you guys do in this situation? Okay. Because this happens to me often, especially when I go to the bank. You ever go to the bank, or do you everything online? My wife does most of it. Uh, the in-person yeah. banking, and I do online. 
I yeah. rarely go to a bank. Rarely. I, I, I wasn't going to a bank when I was on the fan because my checks were direct deposit. Sure. Yeah. But here we get a paycheck. Yeah. Right through the company. So I, you know, you, you got to go in and I mean, you can do some of it on your phone, but y'all get, get checks. Yeah. Yeah. Paper you get direct deposit paper comes in the mail. Everything. Oh, oh hell no. You get direct deposit. Hell yeah. I don't oh, know how okay. it's possible. Yeah, I get direct right, deposit yeah. for my my podcast gig, but not for this. I didn't know they still mail checks until we started I know, doing this. But so I go to the bank today, right? And the woman behind the counter, like I was tired. It was early in the morning. I had like had a weird night's sleep. And I go into the bank and the woman's like super friendly. And I'm like, oh, you know, fine. That's nice. And she's like, so how you doing? You know, I'm like, oh, I'm doing okay. You know, blah, blah, blah. But that, that to me, it should be the end of the small talk. I don't know you. I appreciate that you're friendly. I don't mean to be rude. If you were like a fan of the show or a fan of me, I would be a little more. I, but then she's like, so, got any exciting plans for today? And I'm like, so here I'm to the point where like, do I tell her I'm going to the dentist today? Do I tell her I have a little league game I'm coaching, that I'm recording a podcast with G. Bush uh, for my TV, that I'm doing a TV show? Like, how much detail when right. she asked me, are you doing anything fun today, do I need to give her? Can I just shut down the conversation? Like, and then, I, you know, and you're torn because you don't want to be rude. Yeah. Like, she was super bubbly. So what, what do you guys do in this situation? Well. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I mean, the first thing I thought of when you said, I don't think we talked about this on the show. I told you about it. Yeah. When I got a physical a few months ago, uh, going through had an annual physical, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. We get to the point of oh, yeah. drop your pants and turn yeah. your head and cough. And as he's holding my manhood, yeah. Yeah. he goes, love you on the show. Yeah, that's awkward. <laughs> that's I was like, really? Now? Now? That I've been in here for 25 you, minutes? You couldn't have told me before my balls were in your hand? That's not even a pause. That's yeah. a straight up stop. That was yeah. wild. Like, that this is, is kind of that, 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 I had no idea. That's what, even worse. I said thank you. I didn't know what else to say. Uh, Thanks for being a fan. Yeah. Thank Shout you. Shout out to you. Shout out. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, I just, I, you, I just fake it. You just fake it? Like, just, like, tell just, some crazy story, man. Yeah, I Maybe just, I should do that. I, I, just, say. I just fake it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like it only takes me a couple of minutes. I'm only going to be in there a few seconds or whatever. Um, and I guess it is. It's part yeah. of the game. So I just fake it if I'm not feeling too What good. if I said something really disturbing? Like I said, yeah, you know, it's going to be a great day. I got this girl tied up in the back seat. <laughs> you should say, oh, I plan on robbing a bank today. See how that goes over. Now, hold on, hold on. Yeah. See, y'all see, got the luxury of that. I better not ever. <laughs> What you talking about? Bush? Just, what? You can't do yeah. like what? They'll be hit the panic alarm. I'm like, listen, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to withdraw yeah. some money, dog. That's, That's it. Yeah, don't be making those jokes. <laughs> All right, let's talk some football. Believe it or not, training camp starts next month. That's crazy, a little bit. That is factually correct. Next crazy. month, training camp begins. Maybe late next month, and we are still early this month, but next month. Training camp begins, and Mike has got an exercise for us to, to 
take care of. Yeah, we're going to do training camp and mini camp predictions here yeah. in a second. But first, we're going to start with what we do all summer, and that is we find lists that people put out. Yeah. They rank things, them. and we either agree, disagree with them apart, or tell them they're smart. So today's yeah. list has to do with head coach rankings. The 33rd team, and this was Ross Tucker's rankings, went through and listed 1 through 32. His rankings are the best head coaches in football, and you could take 171 here. Steve, we'll go through the list here. He didn't get into any specific criteria as to By why way, he ranked anyone ahead of anyone else. Let me say that I generally really like this 33rd team. I don't even know where it started out of, like who started it, but I really like a lot of the stuff they do. And I love Ross Tucker. And Ross Tucker and uh, I believe Kevin Spansky went to the same school. I believe they both went to Penn. I do believe that is correct, yes. And so I know from interview, you know, when, when I was on the fan, I was and Ross Tucker would be on with us during the football season every week. And Ross was a big fan of Stefanski, so I was a little surprised where Stefanski ended up on this list, though those last two years have gone poorly. So go ahead. So yeah, so here's the list, and then I'll give you his reasoning for putting Stefanski where he did, and then we could discuss whether or not this is appropriately ranked, underranked, or whatnot. But the top five head coaches, according to Ross Tucker, from the 33rd team, Andy Reid at number one, Belichick two, Tomlin three, Sean Payton four, Nick Sirianni five. Any immediate qualms with the first five dang sean payton just get up there like yeah we, i don't think like i, I would pull up me personally i would not put sean payton that high i mean nick sirianni's only done it for one year right this mm -hmm. very much has a what have you done for me lately feel to it but except but, for but belichick, 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 belichick and tomlin. said tomlin haven't done anything yeah, yeah, yeah. they've both been mediocre yeah. yeah it's a weird list i don't know i gotta see Listen, coach rankings are so weird. It's like, so it's subjective. So, it's it's yeah. whether you have a good team or not. <laughs> if you have a good team, your coach is okay, right? right? Except that Tomlin and, and Belichick have mediocre teams. So, they But they're be. like, they're godfathered into that list, kind of. So I, But if we're godfathering those guys, then why Sirianni five based on one season? Let's go to the next five players okay. or coaches, excuse me, on the list. Number six, Kyle Shanahan. Seven, Sean McVay. Eight, Brian Dayball. Nine, Jeez. Pete Carroll. And ten, Doug Peterson. Now, here's something I don't stand. Like, again, if we're basing it on the team, which mostly it is, I, I, I may not be the biggest Zach Taylor guy, but outside of the Chiefs and maybe and, – and, and really outside of the Chiefs, who's been better the last two years combined than the Bengals? Not very big season. Nobody. I mean, because the Rams were great two years ago, beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl, but the Rams were terrible last year. Mm -hmm. I guess he's just, I mean, this is his list and he's putting his personal preference on yeah. it. Yeah. Which is fine. It's his list. He can do what he wants. I mean, Dable is what, one year? One year. Yeah. Brian Dable had one year, won one playoff game. Zach Taylor in the last two years has gone to the AFC Championship in the Super Bowl. So Stefanski after 2020 would have been a top eight coach yeah. on this I list. I like Dable too, but to put him at eight, I mean, it's That's a little silly. nuts. Next five, still no Kevin Stefanski. And this five tiers of coaches or five, five some, whatever you want to call it. You have John Harbaugh. There's your Zach Taylor bowl. Mike Vrabel at 13. Mike McDaniel at 14. And Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings coach, at 15. 11, 12, and 13 should be all higher. I agree. Yes. All three of them I should agree be with higher. that, too. Mike Vrabel is, is. 14 is. and 15 should both be lower. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, Mike McDaniel and Kevin O'Connell had one season, and they both lost in the first round of the playoffs, right? Yeah, the Vikings lost to the Giants. The Dolphins lost to the Bills. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, I don't – I don't – no. No. All right, next, 
16 through 20 here. We have Dan Campbell, Matt LaFleur, Arthur Smith, Ron Rivera, and Brandon Staley. Stefanski comes in the next tier of coaches or next five Brandon Staley's what team again? Chargers. Oh, Chargers. Chargers. Right, right. I, there is no planet where Stefanski should be ranked below Brandon Staley. Sorry, I know he's a local guy. But no, no. he should be ahead of Staley. I'd put him ahead of Ron Rivera. Too. I would too. I'd put him ahead of Arthur Smith. Yeah, Arthur Smith. I'm like, what? LaFleur, LaFleur I mean, might I, be a little low. I actually think Arthur Smith did a decent job with a pretty bad team. Yeah, he did. But yeah, I mean, but it's one year again. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Go ahead. And then the last list of the non first year head coaches is Mike McCarthy, Sean McDermott at 22, the Bills coach, which seems astronomically low as well. Agreed. Stefanski at 23, Frank Reich at 24, Robert Sala at 25. And let's end the list here, Steve. We'll just go to the last one. Not got the last couple. You have Todd Bowles at 26, Dennis Allen 27, Matt Eberflus 28, Josh McDaniels at 29, and then a tie at 30th with the three brand new head coaches: uh, Shane Steichen, D'Amico Ryan's, and Shane Gannon. All right. Who are so Stefanski Jonathan at 23 Gannon. is the real question. Jonathan Gannon. I don't Jonathan even Gannon, know them me. dudes. I know D'Amico Ryan's because I thought he still was playing. The rest of them too. What do they do? Like I don't know. They're like, new head coaches. Uh, they yeah, were the coordinators Gannon for the came Eagles. From the Eagles. And Steichen came from the Eagles. Both right? did. They were the two right. coordinators yeah, for the Eagles last year. Um, I just got to thank all these other teams for not taking my defensive coordinator. We I was, can't we, believe nobody. We were trying to get him up out of here too. Yeah, I. I've felt all along like Stefanski, based on three years, belongs to me middle of the middle pack. of the pack. And when when I can't put him any higher. No, than that, I, that's the first time I saw that list yeah. when Mike sent it out and at twenty three. Yeah. I thought, all right, well, that's probably somewhat close. Now looking at where the rankings are and where the names are, Anthony misspelled Sale. Yeah. That was me. That's oh, me. oh God. that's terrible on me. You're right. Um, Finally, it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, I don't understand. Like, why would Harbaugh be eleven? But Mike Tomlin be three. Kind of crazy. Like, they're kind of the same guy in a way. Yeah. They both have had a lot of success over the years, and both have been kind of mediocre. And you mean to tell years. me if you had your pick of any NFL head coach, you'd find ten guys before you got to John Harbaugh? You'd yeah. rather have lead your team? That's there, crazy. There's no way. There's he no way. He had Brian Daybowl ahead of – That's That's asinine. ridiculous. That's asinine. Listen, everybody's got their own opinion. What was, what was his take on Stefanski? We have that. Steve, if you give me number 178A, I'll read you. Please, it's 178A, Steve. Let's get, get on with that. But this is what Ross Tucker Not said about Stefanski. This feels like a big year for Stefanski you after think? he won a playoff game and had the Cleveland Browns on the precipice of an AFC championship game in year one. They've gone in the wrong direction the last two years. Next. With Deshaun Watson eligible to play the full season, Stefanski better make sure Browns owner Jimmy Haslam starts to get a return on that absurd investment or Haslam will have to find someone else who can. I mean, I think the one thing to be fair against Kevin Stefanski is he goes into the season on the hot seat. Yep. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He could lose if things like how many guys on that list ahead of him are likely to lose their job if they have a bad season. Nobody in there, nobody else in the AFC North. Right. And those three guys have not. Staley. Staley's ahead of him in Staley. I'd have to see the list again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, can you give us uh, 11 to 15 and 15 to 20 again, if possible? Sure. Steve, 172. Let's Let's look at some of these guys. Like, are any of these guys in danger of being fired if their team has a bad season? This is 6 through 10 real quick. Those guys aren't going anywhere. None of those guys are getting fired. Dable safe. Carroll safe. Peterson safe. Next. Okay. Harbaugh. Zach Taylor's not getting fired. Vrabel, probably not. Vrabel might resign before he's fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
McDaniel. McDaniel and Kyle, they're not getting fired. They're not they, a, no. they, 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 they went to the playoffs, year, right? They went to the playoffs. Uh, and here's 16. Dane Campbell's not getting fired. Nope. Rivera, absolutely on the hot seat. Uh, Staley. Rivera, Staley on the hot seat. Arthur Smith shouldn't be. LaFleur. Matt LaFleur, I don't know. I mean, I, the Packers are a weird team because they don't have a true I mean, owner. Then they get, then they get, re- they reset, right? Like you, you get rid of. Yeah, I feel like he gets. He's he got to reset. I don't think Lafleur is on the hot seat, but I don't guarantee that he doesn't get fired. I is agree that with fair? that. I'm not sure. Yeah, he's not on my first list. He's not at the top of my list, but there's no guarantee he survives the year. And the one thing I'll say about Dan Campbell is Dan Campbell feels to me like one of these coaches that is good with a team that sucks and can get like them working hard. Yeah. But when it comes to the nitty gritty and they're in big games, I don't know if I trust him right. to be smart enough to make what, the right decision. Was Mike McCarthy on that list somewhere? Yeah, lower. Yeah, he, he was 21. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I he, think he might be on there. I think he's on the hot seat if they don't do nothing. No, he's, I don't think he is. Jerry doesn't like firing it's people. It's weird with Dallas. Like, Jerry feels like a lunatic, but he he takes forever to let people go. Yeah. I mean, he is patient there. You got to give him that. I mean, Garrett. To the point where I think he's too patient. Yeah. Garrett was on his was on that staff. He was getting rumored to get fired every year. Every he was year. Just, every year. He just kept being. Well, there. because the expectations for the Cowboys are so, they're they're overhyped every year. Yeah. You know, but I I, I would have Kevin Stefanski prop. What was he? Twenty three. He was twenty three. I'd probably have him five or six spots That's, higher. Yes. But I will say I'd have him fifteen to eighteen yeah. somewhere. In there. I will say this though: if you look at that list and you say who has the most ability to move up from where they are at the end of the year. Kevin Stefanski is right now at 23, but if he gets Deshaun Watson in offense to play well, yeah, sure. I would. Well, he, Brian he, Dayball's in the top 10. He, he could be, be in the top, top 10. 10. He, he could be in the right. top 10 tomorrow. Well, well, again, I don't understand. Why is it? You know, I know Zach Taylor sucked the first two years he was there, and it was very and criticized. And I don't love Zach Taylor. I he, think he's a he great is, coach. He is the most, he, he is the Denver Nuggets of, of head coaches. He is the most underappreciated. It's crazy. Like, I don't he, understand he, Disrespect, that. whatever word you want. Yeah. Is, and I don't think he's a great head coach. He's not either. great, but he's good. I, I don't, he's not elite. I'm right. not giving, but like Joe Burrow loves him. And that's yeah. gotta mean something. I don't yeah. understand. Like it, what do you, where do you point to that says he's not a good coach? Like what? Why? I, well, I watched him play every Okay. Right. And there are things that there, some of his decision-making I I'm critical of, but I would be, if I watched every, but I do the same with Stefanski mm-hmm. and I would probably do the same with every other team I watched, sure. except for maybe Kansas city and two or three other teams. I think he's a good coach. I think he's done a good job. Isn't I he, think the players are totally bought in on him and they believe in him. Isn't he the coordinator? He's not technically he calls the plays, but he's not the coordinator. So, so like dang, he said, like I'm like, well, the, yeah, the, the office is the office is lights out. There have been times where he's gotten a little too conservative with the offensive play calling, I think. At times. But I think he's gotten better, as most coaches will given time. Absolutely. And so it's absurd that you put Brian Dable ahead of him. That right. makes no sense right. whatsoever. Yeah, that's crazy. Um but anyway, Super Stef- crazy. listen, Stefanski has a chance to move up the list. Stefanski's got, one of two things is gonna happen to Stefanski this year. Either he moves up the list or he's off the or list. Or he's fired. That's it. There's no, he's not going to be at 23 next year. Yeah. The, is he? When is his contract up? Uh, what did he sign? Did he sign five years? I don't even remember. What, I'm if, trying to if remember. If they make the playoffs, does he get an extension? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I Which think is they, what we all want to happen. Yes. They and, and, you know, I've said this before. Jimmy, and, and we all make fun of him and all it the people that they fired. But – Jimmy wants like he extended Hugh after a winless season. They gave Hugh an extension. Like he doesn't want to keep firing. No, people. he doesn't. He I wants agree. this to work. Like yes. he really wants this to work. Hell, yes. I don't want to fire nobody. Like, do you? I, like, I could be critical and say you got six games to prove it, or you about out of here. 
But you don't what, want it to happen. I don't want it to go down because that no. means reset button yeah. on multiple. I can't do that. I can't. I can't do that. Yeah, the Browns have. I mean, who's the last time? When's the last time a coach coached five years for the Browns? Was did Belichick coach five years? Romeo was four, right? I'll look it up. Hold made on. It to four. No one in the new era. I don't believe Romeo was four, wasn't he? Or is it even less than that? I don't. I can't remember now. I think Bush Davis was only Mangini four. did not go five years. Did Belichick make it five? Or the, I don't think it, I can't remember now. I mean, it might be Marty. It's I don't been think, a while. I don't think Belichick made it five. I don't think he did. <clears throat> Belichick technically started in '91 and coached through '95, according to what I'm looking at right nope. here. That's, that's four five. Years. Well, that's five. So Belichick coached five years. 91, 92, 93, 94, 95. Okay. Coach so, 80 games. So, yeah, five, five yeah, years. Yeah, okay. So, and then before that, who, who's the last guy to coach more than five? Marty. Marty. Right? Schottenheimer? Marty only coached 71 games, so no. It was what? Sam. According to this, well, I'm looking at Wikipedia, he coached 84, 85, 86, Go to Pro Football Reference and look at the breakdown there. Sam Rodolagiano? Oh, ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> Sam Ritigliano. Ritigliano. Sam Rigatoni. Sam Italian last Sam name. Coached 97 games for the for the Browns from 1978 oh to 1984. God. Say his last name again. Ritigliano. Okay. Dude, Browns fans are gonna be they're going you to well, listen, Ritigliano coached 17 years before I was born. So excuse me for not I, knowing. I mean, you gotta know Browns that. The, the got Sam, Coach Sam is he still he's still around? Yes. I saw him a few years ago. He Did was, he have a winning record as a Browns head coach? Uh, I I believe so. Just slightly over 500, right? G? He's either right below 500 or right above. I think he's I think right under, but it's, it is right around. It's close to 500. It, it, it's, I want to say, like, maybe 526. I'm saying just over 500. 526, Just 20%. under. 47 oh. and 50 yeah. in 97 games. But he had a couple of really good years as head coach. He was a two-time coach yeah. of the year. UPI coach of the Great year. Great guys from, from Brooklyn also. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, he and I were at a charity event together a number of years ago. Great guy. But, uh, okay, so Belichick, five years. If Stefanski, if the Browns have a good year this year, then most likely Stefanski will be a head coach for more than five years here and thus become the longest tenured Browns coach since Ritigliano. Which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Shot but he's got to have that five good years, too. Schottenheimer was five? Correct. So, right, that, since Ritigliano, you've had Schottenheimer for five, and you've had Belichick for five. That's it. And hopefully, Stefanski will pass that, because that means the Browns have a good year this year. Yeah. He'll be here for, especially if he gets Deshaun Watson to play like Deshaun Watson right. is used to. I think, you know, D and Jimmy Haslam will be, they'll be head over heels. The last thing we want to be doing in November is discussing who the next coach of the Browns should be. I can't even wrap my head around I, that. I right want, we don't that is so not good for us. My head will explode if we have to go through. Right, we'll, we'll, or if you have to pronounce season. Sam Ritigliano again. <laughs> I'll, yeah. never, I'll never pronounce Sam Ritigliano incorrectly again. That's yeah, a right. fact. Fair my promise to you, the Cleveland sports There viewers. you go. All right, Mike. All right, so next up, yeah. we got an ad read. Yeah. And our ad read today for this next topic is is the USFL. Good. You like the suspense there, by the way? We're going. We're heading down to Canton on Saturday to go watch our good friend Boogie Roberts take on whoever they're playing because we don't care who they're playing. All we care about is Boogie and the Pittsburgh Mike's Ballers. going. Anthony's going. Anthony's Jason's dead. going. I'm going. I'm taking my going. I'm taking my boys. Giant son. I'm going with my son. <laughs> they, they might Are put pads sure? on him. Is Jason's son taking Jason or is Jason taking his son? <laughs> 
Yeah, the question has to be asked. He's giving him a piggyback ride. Yeah, <laughs> get on the back, Dad. See, you can't go, right? No, I got a show to do. Okay. But if you guys want to come, tickets usl.com. They are cheap, fun, family fun for everyone. Check them out at usl.com. We'll be there on Saturday. It is the first day of mandatory minicamp for the Cleveland Browns, and I figure we should have some fun. And well, let's I guess Miles Garrett will be there. Miles Garrett is there. Yeah. There is picture proof that Miles Garrett is there. So no one has to worry or freak out about that. He was yep. not at voluntary. He is there at mandatory. Is everybody? I assume everybody's at mandatory. I have not now? seen any tweets. I'm scrolling through the timeline right now of All anyone right. who is not there who's supposed to be there. It would have so been a big story. One hundred percent attendance so far for the Browns at minicamp. Tyvis is out there. Tyvis is going to give Good. us a full report from what he sees tomorrow when he's on the show. But I figured let's have some fun and predict who will be the number one talking point at the end of this minicamp period on Friday. So we're doing a little headline predictions without actually making headlines, and we're going to start here with G. Bush. G. Bush, G. Bush. So Do you, you remember who you told us? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, I was like, that's all y'all got? I thought it was a graphic coming, but no. we're not going to take Tab War Fool right now. Let's get to it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say this. This guy, um, we've been talking about DeAndre Hopkins so tough. We've been talking about him. And realistically, um, the guy who actually was the dude everyone was talking about a little bit before that was Elijah Moore. Um, I think Elijah Moore, during this little uh, offseason program, is going to step up. and People are going to stay and recognize he's just not a little, you know, slot guy. He's a dude that they could do a lot of different things with. Uh, you know, I was talking to Hayden. Um, he was on my show the other day, and he was talking about some of the wrinkles they had in the office with him being in the backfield motion and doing some different things like that. I, I just think that Elijah Moore is going to be one of the guys that really um, stands out a little bit because, A, he, we haven't had that specific type burst and body type. B, I think he's hungry to, to get a new contract. I think a lot of those guys, not only Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, not only Elijah Moore, those guys want to kind of resurrect and get their next big deal. So yep. I think Elijah Moore is going to be one of the guys that they're gonna you're going to see Deshaun Watson throw the ball to a lot. You might see screens to him. He can be uh, he can play a lot of different roles or positions. Um, I just like what he's going to bring to the table, and I think he's going to be one of the dudes. People say, "Well, look, do you really need DeAndre Hopkins? Because because this guy Elijah Moore looks really really good." All right, Elijah Moore for G. Jason's up next. This is very simple, guys. Like, Ooh. don't overthink this. There's only one player that matters, and he, we've spent the entire offseason talking about him. Deshaun Watson. That's the only thing everyone's going to be writing about this week is Deshaun Watson, and you're going to see a little bit of everything. We've seen a lot of good, and we've seen a lot of ugly since Deshaun got here. We've seen a lot of good and a lot of ugly since OTA started a couple weeks ago. He had a horrible performance his first game or not game his, fir his first practice that was open the media in the OTA session I didn't see that one I was there last week he looked much better last week we talked about the seam route throw that uh, AVP said made the hair on his arm stand up a little bit so you know Deshaun's still working his way back and I think you're going to see a little bit of good and a little bit of bad and that's to be expected given how much time he missed and the way the last season ended uh, but he's the only thing that matters this year and that's the only player that we've talked about for 10 months, really. And that's the only player that the media is going to be talking about this week. I mean, that's fair. And that's probably the right answer. By the way, doesn't AVP look like Freddie Kitchens a little bit? A little bit. Right? Yeah, you I got mean, a little Kitchens A little in bit. It. it came from the same redneck tree. Um, 
But anyway, here's my guy. And look, before you put it up there, guys, let me just say that, you know, a percentage of our fan base is insane. Now, this is no offense because this is the same in every city in America. There's a percentage of the fan base that is crazy. Now, the thing that's crazy about our fan base is that uh, there's a percentage of our fans that probably have never left Northeast Ohio ever in their lives that think the Cleveland media is tough and tough on their teams. Now, anybody that's spent any time outside of Cleveland knows that we have one of the softest medias in all of America. But for some reason, some of our fans think that our beat reporters are tough in this town, which they're not. Now, most of our beat reporters that cover the Browns, they are dying to, to be on the hype train. They are dying to be excited about somebody. And Deshaun Watson is always going to get talked about, talked about so much. But Juan Thornhill has come in here, and he's made a big hubbub about people are too negative. And he said, well, people aren't negative in Kansas City. Well, they just won the freaking Super Bowl. Of course, not going to be negative. And Kansas City was already good before Juan Thornhill showed up and went along on the Patrick Mahomes ride. We love Juan Thornhill. We're happy he's part of the team. But uh, a lot of the media is going to want to do a little ass-kissing of Juan Thornhill because the fans are all excited about his he's turning it around stuff. And so I think we'll get some Juan Thornhill hype. Now, by the way, none of this hype, none of these storylines, don't. none of it means shit. It's, it's practice. Nobody's really getting hit. Nobody's in any danger. None of it matters at all in terms of, like, how they look or how they don't look, in my opinion. But Juan Thornhill is going to get the love train going his way. Uh, Juan Thornhill is going to be the new Trevor Bauer to bowl. No, I, I could just, no. I could see it. No, I, I got you no. start out liking him, and then no, no, no. I'm no. telling you, it's no. the new, it's the next Trevor Bauer. No, it, I won't take it to the level of Baker. That it won't it won't reach Baker hey, status. Hey, you better not miss I can no see, I can Don't you miss no assignments? I, I, I see I it actually, coming. I see it a mile no, away, things, coming down the tracks. Things. Number one, I, Trevor Bauer, much worse human being than Baker. I don't think Baker's a terrible human being. No, no. I just can't stand him because I just can't stand him. Uh, Trevor Bauer's a bad human being, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but no, I, I honestly have no beef with Juan Thornhill. I'm joking around, picking picking on the... That's how it starts. The, the insaneness that we have to be positive because we're all supposed to be cheerleaders for the team. But I, I, I think Juan Thornhill's a nice player. And I think, you know, if he plays well... Now, if he doesn't play well... I'm going to be on his ass. Um, I just see it coming. I, you know what? You know, Trevor I Bauer 2.0. I can't 100% say Jason's wrong. <laughs> I'm never wrong. <laughs> Even though he is wrong. But uh, no, I don't Oh, see, God, I don't except when it comes wow. to Wow. That was ugly. <laughs> that was Ooh. bad. That was, that was bad. bad. I, well, I That's think, where I'm wrong. I think this, if you drill down on that a little bit, yeah. that happens all the time in this city. Like, I, I'm, I always joke and tell people, yeah. here, all you got to do is say, pick one restaurant you like in Cleveland, yeah. Pick one random road and then pick a little suburb and make a story about it. They'll love you to death. They'll love you. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, oh, they, when they, he tweeted, the uh, f- Juan Thornhill this week tweeted, the food in Cleveland is hot. Oh, oh my God. Listen, listen, oh, look, there were people losing their minds. This, this guy gets us. He oh. understands exactly what we've been going through. Yeah. This guy's through and through. Like, yeah. Don't let him show up to a Guardians game. Oh. Don't man. let him don't let him be in a don't let him be in a Guardians Yankees game. Oh, Just, he shows up wearing a Jose Ramirez oh, jersey. Oh, it's oh, all oh, over. Three extra credit it's points. They're gonna boost over. his Madden rating from an eighty two to an eighty seven and a half. That's right. I'm like, this guy. That's all you gotta do. 
That's all you got to do. Indoctrinate yourself, dog. There's going to be people. This, there's already a protest of why is Juan Thornhill not uh, <laughs> on the top, every top five list of best safeties in the NFL? He actually is the best safety. You didn't even oh, really yeah. know. No like, doubt. Definitely no doubt. on. Definitely on a watch list. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, I. I mean, I. There's nothing really out of mini camps and uh, mandatory OTAs that that matters. No. no. Like it. It matters to the players and the coaches. But there's nothing that we, that we, the media no. or fans, really no, learn. Did, right? did y'all hear what Jim Schwartz said the other day? What did he say? He was like, he was like, so how, how, tell me about the, uh, you know, tell me about what you guys are, the growth that you've had in a couple days. He said, growth. <laughs> we ain't done nothing. Yeah. He said, this. He said, bro, you, I, it's too early for all that. He's like, I gotta see people with the pads on. I gotta see people when they get physical. He said, defense is about physicality. I. I can't tell you these guys are growth just growth like what are you talking OTAs. about well but I I didn't hear that I was yeah. there and I didn't hear that but the only thing I will say about this whole point of the season uh, not so much training camp but even the stuff that's already passed is Kevin has said multiple times how important these installment sessions are in, in this offseason program that really they didn't have because of COVID and because of the OTA boycott that Trevor right. led. They didn't have that for a number of years. They did have it last year and it didn't really <laughs> help on the field, but they had the Deshaun thing hanging over them. So this right. is really the first year where it was clear, crystal clean waters the whole way where there was not a big yeah. storm. To first navigate. time in his four years. First time. Uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. That for he's been here as long as he has. And this yeah. was the first time he had it's a true. full program with no COVID restrictions, with no quarterback restrictions. Yeah. You know who your guy is. You know you're going to have him day one. Yeah. And and he has really put an emphasis at multiple times, he said, of how important these sessions are. Not And, again, not so much the training, you know, this mini camp, but yeah. just in totality the offseason program that they didn't have. They were doing it over Zoom a few years ago. Uh, so, so, man. For that reason alone, I do think that there is some importance to it. Now, are you going to see growth out of the defensive line in one OTA session? No, of yeah. course not. But just the totality of, of the offseason program can be better. Yeah, I, I think it's super, I think it's more important for like the receivers, the quarterbacks, the skill positions, because I, I can, I can, to me, one of the most underrated things is I don't know what they're going to run. I just don't like like I don't know what the run pass mix is. I don't know what the the formation variation is. I don't. If you say, but are we going to learn that in OTAs? No, not really. But yeah, you can at least see a little something. Yeah. Like, if you if you were if I were to ask y'all to, what on offense? What is the offensive identity of the Cleveland Browns? What would you say? Throw the ball. Or oh, that's what I'm assuming it's going to be. Now, now, and so for for me, all I've seen was. Pass, run the ball. Yeah. Like so. So if you're going from that's your identity of running the ball, we say that year after year, and now the identity is pass the ball. That's a really big transition to do in one year. That's really kind of like you change your whole philosophy a year. I don't. I don't think many teams do that. I mean, there's no excuse. The Ravens changed their system in the middle of the season when Lamar Jackson took over. Yeah. Did they not. Yeah. And then and then the next year when he played the full season, they completely. Changed what they were doing because he was, couldn't be any more opposite from Joe Flacco, who was their previous quarterback. Kevin Stefanski has known for two years now that Watson is quarterback. I understand last year there was some confusion. This year there's been none. No. There's no excuse for this offense not to be transformed. You spent a ton of draft capital and a ton of money to get a guy you believe is going to be one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. 
And don't get hung up on the five. It could be four. It could be seven. Whatever. You expect him to be one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. You didn't get that to be a run first team. Right. And I think last year they were hindered a little bit by the fact that he wasn't ready. He right. was awful. Yes. So they couldn't have overhauled. Even if they wanted to, they couldn't have overhauled things. Right. But, you know, we've talked about it before on the show. Kevin and Deshaun can get together this whole offseason. And what do you like? What do you right. like to run? I can draw up as many plays as you want to see. You like this one? It's in. You don't like that? I'll throw it out and give you another one. Yeah. We're going to run what you like. Like, Kevin has made that clear. We will. They yeah. will run what Deshaun is comfortable with and what he likes. It will be a very collaborative effort. So in that case, so if he struggles, are you saying that you got to put some onus on Deshaun Watson as well? Because, Absolutely, of yes. course. Because he's, he's alone with the ball in his hands. Because he's going to be picking these plays. He he's will, going to be a collaborator. I promise you, whatever they run, he will have approved ahead of time. It's yeah. something that he's comfortable with and he likes. There's not going to be anything in the playbook that Deshaun's uncomfortable with or he doesn't want to run. I like that because it got it, that makes you have a little skin in the game, right? Hundred percent. Like you can't I, you can't just say, well, I mean, I just I run what the coach tells me right. to run. No, nah, yeah. you you actually be picking it too. Like you actually in the man. So yeah, I actually like that a little bit because it forces him to take a little accountability on some stuff. Like he, you help put the stuff in. I like that. I, I mean, I don't know why every team wouldn't do that. Maybe not with a rookie quarterback or if you have you know whatever, maybe a journeyman quarterback. But any team that has a quarterback that's the guy, which Deshaun Watson obviously is, to not be doing that. It has to be a collaborative. Crazy. It has to be collaborative. Yeah. Because why be. would you just say, well, here are my plays. You better figure it out. Right. Right. As opposed to, well, here are my plays. Right. Let's cut out the ones that, that don't fit with what you think you yeah. do best. Yeah. You know? I do think Kevin has a really, what's the word? In, intu- not intuitive, in- ingenuity when it comes to. Uh, designing an offense okay like we've seen it we've seen some of the pre-snap motions and some of the confusion and some of the looks I think he can Kevin feels like he can roll with whatever whatever you give him he can make work and he's done that he did it with Jacoby Brissett he did it with Baker he got more out of them than anybody else has and and now when you give him a talent like Deshaun uh, you know if if Deshaun still has it in there I think Kevin Kevin can absolutely get it out of him I want to see if he could be so, so I, I want to see if he can be one of those coaches. To me, you look at coaches that like in the NBA. Phil Jackson to me was not a mediocre uh, coach of mediocre players, right? If if Phil Jackson was trying to put the triangle offense in with just middle of the road guys, I don't think he has the patience. I don't think he he can deal with mediocrity, and I don't think he would be a, a generally a good coach with medium guys. And it's the same thing in the league. I want to see if if he can get from coaching mediocre guys well to being like, I could unlock elite guys and bring something really over the top to the table where now Deshaun Watson is looking because the goal is not to be Houston Deshaun Watson because Houston Deshaun Watson still won four games. Houston Deshaun Watson well, the last year, two years before that they went to the playoffs. They went to the playoffs, but yeah. we, I want to see you get to, Oh wow, this is a different level, and, and you hope that you can do that because the roster is better here than it was in Houston. So yeah. I want to see if he can unlock some different levels. Yeah, there. I mean the criticism that some people have had, including you, is, well, he hasn't he's done well with mediocre players, but he hasn't done well with great players. Now I would argue that that's not fair because Nick Chubb is the greatest player they've had skill position wise, and he's been great. Yeah, with Kevin Stefanski. We, some people might not like how many carries he gets. I'm not one of those people, oh, but he's been great. Bottom line with uh, Kevin Stefanski. Uh, to me, the criticism with Odell Beckham is unfair because Odell Beckham hasn't been great since he left the Giants. Right. Uh, you know, you want to say he played great with the Rams? 
He did have a lot. He didn't. His yardage wasn't any different. Now he had a lot of touchdowns with the Rams. I give you that. Uh, but that was a team that won the Super Bowl, and he was he was the number two wide receiver there, second option. So, I I I think it's fair to say, okay, maybe he's got to prove it more with great players. Okay, let's see it. He he got the best version of uh, version of Baker, as you said, best version of Jacoby Brissett we've seen. Now, if you can get the best version of Deshaun Watson, now you're really talk, talking because if you can get the best version of a, an elite, talented player, well, now you're talking about winning a ton of games. Yep. Go ahead, Mike. So we were going to do this in overtime, then we were not going to touch on it for a little bit, but we've got a bunch of Super Chats asking us about it, and a report from ESPN from Jake Trotter and Adam Schefter came out on the two Browns players who have been robbed at gunpoint. Right, Demetri Felton and Greg Newsom. Well, now we have a third name. And I'm going to read you this exact article. This is word for word. You can take the tag board full, Steve. This is the article Schefter and Jake Trotter just tweeted out. This is from Jake Jake Trotter, excuse me, word by word. We'll touch on it for a few minutes here. Uh, Demetri Felton was a different incident. Different incident. But here's the article word for word. Harry and Winfrey. Two Cleveland Browns players were robbed at gunpoint by six masked men, according to a police report. Police redacted the names of the victims in the incident in the report, but a team source confirmed that two players were cornerback Greg Newsom and defensive tackle Perrion Winfrey. Now, Neither was harmed during the incident, police said. According to police, the two players left the Cleveland nightclub early Monday morning. When they got to Newsom's truck in a nearby parking lot, six masked men jumped out of an unknown car and robbed them at gunpoint at 3.30 a.m. Monday morning. In addition to stealing jewelry, the suspects fled in Newsom's truck. Police are attempting to locate the stolen vehicle now. Newsom referenced the incident on Twitter, saying, quote, it's a cruel world we live in. Newsom, not the only Browns player to have his car stolen over the weekend. Another source confirmed that Browns backup running back, Demetric Felton, had his vehicle stolen out of his apartment garage earlier this week. The Browns will begin mandatory training camp on Tuesday. So that's three players in the last yeah. couple days. I got to say, and I'm, I know some people are going to roll their eyes at this, and I don't care. Why are Perry on Winfrey and Greg Newsom out at 3.30 in the morning? Nothing, good's hap- ha- nothing good I mean, happens after 10 p.m. That's what Jim Trussell used to say at like, Ohio State when I covered him at Ohio State. I'll say this, all right? I have been told by somebody I trust that Greg Newsom parties too much. Yeah. And this goes right along with what I've been told, that he's out till 3. 3.30 in the morning when? Sunday night. Sunday Monday night morning. into Monday morning. Okay, and... They were at OTAs. Was yesterday the first day or was today, today the first day? Today. Today. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't care. They're young men. It's their, you know, whatever. They, they're young. I don't know. I they, just think. They have a target. You have a target. When you are, when you are a professional athlete in a city, you got a target on your back. And, and thankfully, they're okay. Like, yeah. that's the most important right, thing right. is everybody's okay. But you got a target on your back, and you got to be careful. Gee, am I being unfair? Uh, you, no, well, well it's, it's understandable that they would be out. I yeah. mean, how old are they? 23, 22? I, let me make it clear. I'm not saying they're bad guys because no, they're no. partying. I'm not saying that at all, or that they deserve to be robbed or anything like that. It's, this sucks. I'm just saying, and it's easy for me to say as a 52-year-old right. that's been yeah. through a lot. Yeah. I'm saying I wish they weren't out partying, and I've heard that Greg Newsom is partying a lot. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to help his career. Now, he do, he's a big boy. He can do whatever the hell he wants. I mean, at 23 and 24, I, I was, was probably out until 3.30 we in the morning, too. But we didn't have we weren't a million-dollar job on the line. We weren't Third, professional yeah. athletes. And, well, I, you know, like I said, you know, I, that behavior of them being out, um, that's just part of the game, and that's going to happen in every locker room, every city. 
But here's you the problem. You think Chubb's out until 3.30 in the morning? We wouldn't know. He's smart. He was, but it's about how you move, though. Mm, so it's about it. how you – see, some people move a little different. Like, some people will go out. You won't even know they go out. Some people go out, and they be at other places where – they go to back door. That's fair. They don't. They they got security there. They don't night pictures none of that. So what this situation is, they gotta they gotta learn. You guys are like, um, y'all what we would call like people in the streets be calling it. A, that, that's a y'all like cupcakes, bro. That's like a a dinner plate. Like you come out of the club, it's three thirty, right? It's dark outside. They know you really ain't gonna have no weapons on you, right? You play football. Yeah. Can't have no weapons on you. Right. They know you're not going to really have no security with you. It's 3.30 in the morning. It's after OTAs. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you? Nah, uh-uh. You're just trying to get it, have a good time, do your thing. So now you're at a disadvantage. I always tell people, I don't play away games. <laughs> away games, the refs cheat you. Away games, you don't know where the court is. The basket is a little lower. The, the locker rooms is trash. And the same way with this. When you out and about, them is away games, bro. So now, and a lot of times they don't understand this. This is rampant. You meet people on Instagram, you meet girls, you meet different people in people's entourage. You invite them to the house. You invite them over to this party over here. Now the girl or whoever you meet turn around, make that call. She got a team of uh, like six. Hey, hey, there's some football players over here. It's so, so, so over here. I got so and so verified. They got about uh, about $100,000 of jewelry right now. Who they with? They with some deal with a camp? No, nah, it's just two of them solo. Now they bring six dudes and it is what it is. And you would never know who dropped a dime on you. Right. You'd never know who well, you, you put in your circle. You know those guys are out a lot because this was, it seems like a setup, right? Yeah. yeah. So they, they don't, they would never know. They had to know who you was. Yeah. Because they would have not gotten both of y'all and know what car to stand right, by. Right. And yet again, here's Perry on Winfrey in the headlines. <laughs> Right. Yet again, right. and and he's the victim in this, but yes. still, yeah. By being out at three thirty in the morning, you put yourself in this position, and that's where again, like you have to realize that you're a target, and he has to realize he should be on his very last strike. I, I'm a little surprised he's here yeah. to begin with that he's still here, but here he is again in the headlines. I, I just wonder what the commitment level of these two players are, and. You could tell me it's unfair. I'm being judgmental of a young man. I won't go that Maybe far. Maybe I am, but Jason, just that I've heard. No, I, 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 a lot. And, but they all, a lot of them do. And and right. and here's the, why I'll give him a little bit of a break on this. Okay. It's, it's June. Yeah. It's not all September, right. October, enough. November. But and it's really sometimes I don't. I think the the young guys especially, they don't realize yet the target that they are or the status That's that true. they have. And yeah. I, I think I've told this before on this show. I don't remember. When, when LeBron first came back and the Cavs had to beef up their security, they had former Secret Service on their security team, yeah. and they, they just they, they double, tripled in size. And I was talking to one of the, the security guys who was sort of assigned to, to Kyrie at the yeah. time, and they were on a, a way trip. They were, uh, it was a road trip. And the car stopped in the middle of the road and said, Kyrie, and like waved him over. Yeah, and, right. Ky- and Kyrie walked out to the car. Yeah. And it's, I, I can't remember if he grabbed him, pulled him back, or after it was over. Anyway, yeah. after the – and it was fine. Like, they just wanted to say hi to him. Yeah. And the guy told him, do not ever approach a car. You have no idea. Right, right, right. And, and Kyrie was four years into the league by this point. Right. Like, he should have known better. But, just get but these are just young – and he was that – he would have been that same age, 23-ish. Yeah. And I just don't think sometimes that they realize – who they are right. and the target that they are to people. Yes. And, and it takes something like this, unfortunately, for right. them to sort of realize that. But again, they're all safe. That's the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, nobody got hurt. Nobody got important. hurt. Yeah, man, just like, you know, 
so it's a lot, man. Like y'all, y'all gotta understand something. Like even regular people, like if you do anything of noteworthy, like you don't really think about it. You just a regular person. It happened to me sometimes. I don't even be thinking like that. Like somebody will call your name and you just don't know who it is, and it's just like, all right, you. Any interaction you have out in the community could be a good one or a bad one. And when you when you got a lot of money and uh, so there's people in the city that you live in that don't got really nothing. They don't care nothing about you playing for right. the Browns. Anybody always trying to show you love. They like you here with this car. You in here with all the girls and you got a hundred thousand dollars of jewelry. Yeah. What you think we about to do at the end of the day? You 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 can feed everybody right and so that that's just where it come from. So you got to move better. You got to just move. You got to right. move smarter. Be interesting to see the follow up on this. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's switch gears. Talk some baseball. There, it Mike. is time to talk a little guardians and guys. It was a rough start to the season for Andre Jimenez. Signed the big $100 million deal this offseason. And then in about the snap of a finger in the last two weeks. He's got he high. Will Brennan, too, has gotten high. Yep. My guy, But Will before we get into the specifics, Mike, on Jimenez and Brennan, let me ask you guys this question. Because the Guardians lost their first two games this weekend, Thursday, Friday, to the Twins, including a game where they blew a big lead. Um, and they were, they were what, five and a half out going into Saturday's action. Now, they win Saturday and Sunday to get the lead back down to three and a half. Jason, I'll start with you. Do you think the Guardians salvaged their season by winning those last two games against the Twins? I don't think, no, I think it's Have too early. Have you lost those two Twins, those last two, and been seven and a half out? Yeah. Still I mean, too early, probably. But too early, but. They don't play the Twins again until August. Yeah, I know, but it's still June, and I don't believe in the Twins. So, so for that reason alone, yeah. I don't think it was a, a do-or-die series, but certainly important. Is there a difference? Can we make that distinction? Important? Yeah, sure. And, and the season being Gordon's over. like a seven. I put it this way. If they're seven and a half, I don't think Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff are meeting and saying, okay, we have to pivot and blow right. it up. Right. Well, right. There's nothing to blow up. They're no, all young but guys. But you're getting a little closer to that. You are getting closer yeah. to that. To where, I mean, you know, once you get to 10, whew, yeah, right. 10 is sort of that line of demarcation of it's, yeah. it. Teams have done it. Right. But it's a lot harder to come back from That's 10 right. down. You know, you said something just because they're hot now, a little couple little hits. Yeah. Like, I, I never got this. So, if they play bad, you can't have no knee-jerk reactions. Don't be don't be saying it's over. Yeah. Just you know, stay the course. But if they play good, you, the next question is: Have they got out of the funk? I, yeah. Are the Guardians? Did they turn it on? And I'm like, well, hold on. Yeah. You told the Duke of knee-jerk there was rules to this thing. Right. I had to chill. I couldn't say nothing. And now. Yeah. They get a couple hits. I like it. I like Will Brennan. I think he's doing his thing. But still, they still got some question marks. I don't well, know. They if got that's a ton it. of question marks. It is good to see Jimenez playing better. That's the biggest sigh of relief. Yeah. Yes. Of all of it, even more so than Josh Bell. Well, to me, the biggest sigh of relief was how well McKenzie. Oh uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And then Jimenez. Yeah. And then everything else. Yeah. But but, well, we'll get we'll get to McKenzie in a moment. But Jimenez was a guy that you. The Guardian said, we're all in on you. Yes. We've just paid you the second biggest contract in the history of the franchise because we believe you're, if nothing else, an all-star caliber player. And for for much of the first two months, he didn't play anywhere close to that level. And I know you and I expected him to play that way. Yeah. And now he's starting to. I'm expecting him to play very well the rest of the season. You know, baseball, you can always have some ups and downs. But I'm expecting him by the end of the year to have close Maybe not the same numbers as last year, but close to it. Are you? 
I don't know that he can. He's up. He. It, he's so late starting in the yeah, game. Super late. I don't know that he can get to last year's numbers, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I necessarily care about that. I want to see him play at that level for these last few months of the right. season. Right, right, And if he gets to that, if he plays at that level, I don't care if the numbers matched with last year or not. You know, I said it before. He was a seven-war player last year. You don't go from a seven-war to not being able to hit a curveball. Right. Like, that just doesn't happen. So, you know it's in there. You know yeah. they can get it out of him. Big stretch <coughs> of games coming up. Red Sox, Astros, they're home all week. Get out there. It should be Tough beautiful weather. Yeah. you got to go to San Diego, I think. Don't they go St. Louis maybe after that? I can't remember where the second stop no, St. Louis was just here. Or yeah, who's? I don't, yeah, well, I don't remember. After San Diego, they go to another good team after that, and then the two weeks before the All Star break, they're playing bad teams. So you got to kind of tread water here. But um, but yeah, it's good to see Jimenez getting hot. I feel good about that. I, I, I my again, th- I said it before. The yeah. the the highest dollar guys, the big money guys that they gave the money to, Jimenez, Zanino, and Bell. If those guys get going. A lot of the conversations that we've had to this point. Well, Zanino, forget it. But, I mean, but I'm just saying. Yeah. If he, but Bell and, and Jimenez. But if, yeah. if in, and Zanino, had he hit to the level that we expected him to, a lot of the other stuff doesn't matter anymore. It's the big dollar investments that have let him down the most. And even just Jimenez getting hot. Look how different this looks. And, and Will Brennan settling in, getting a little bit more consistent playing time. And it looks like he's starting to, to find his stroke a little bit. I hope yeah. that that continues to where he can – Continue to get consistent. Do, do we got Rosario's stats back there? Yeah, he's not good. Well, he's I mean, listen, good. there's still a couple of things here. You said last week, time to move on from Rosario. Yes, yes. With, with, I mean, I'd play Gabriel Arias basically every day at this point. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, I want to, I, I got to get a good long. Oh, look come on now. Oh, come on now. I, I can't keep T- playing Rosario. 224. Now, look, I, I know he's a clubhouse guy. But at the I end, don't care. But at the end of the day, you got all these second basemen and shortstops. Yeah. If he's going to play like that, I got to see what I got. I got to see what I got. Play like you said. Play play Arias and shortstop. Right? You, well, you have to make a decision, a long term decision. Yes. You have to choose between Arias and Rokio. I think it's Arias. Like I think a lot it's of people. Time. I think a, I think a lot of people feel like it's Rokio, and no. I I I think it's so, Arias. Yeah, I think no. Arias is the long term. Listen, Arias hasn't done much. But his, but his it's been inconsistent. We got we got to see it. He's got to be their shortstop for the next couple of months. Play him every day every in the same day. spot. Let him get some sort of level. He's bounced all over the he place. And first again, base. And once again, it's time for Bo Naylor to come up. It, it's a home run every day, it seems like. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree. And it's, it's tough. Yeah. Let's go. It's Let's time stop to farting around here. DFA Zanino, bring up Bo Naylor. Yeah. You're yeah. past the Super you 2 stuff. Trade Rosario, get a, a, an A-ball guy, whatever. I mean, you may have to DFA him, too, Or, at or this you know point. what? Yeah. Yeah, you may. You're right. The way he's playing, there's I mean, just no value. I mean, his at bat. Right Zach Plesac, by the way, got DFA'd over the weekend. Yeah, that's not a surprise. His at no. bat. He was getting torched in AAA. They got happy when when Rosario hit a ball hard. They was like, "This yeah, is the best he's hit a ball." I said, it. "It's a line out, man." That's it. Plesac. I, mean, I, I don't know if you guys spent any time talking Plesac. He had a lot of maturity issues. I wasn't on. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we. Yeah. Going back to the, the COVID, breaking the rules with that. Yeah, and even beyond that, just not being able – there's just a lot of maturity there yeah. of, of thinking well, he, he was much better Clevenger than what he was. Clevenger and Bauer and, were buddies, and they all, like, had a lot of the same immaturities. Yeah, I think – I don't know if Clevenger and Police it doesn't matter. I don't know that they were really tight, but I think that Clevenger was impacting some of Police Act's decisions I feel like, when they were together. I feel like he always felt he was better than he was. Yes, like in his couldn't, mind, couldn't tell him nothing. In his mind, he felt like he he was like Black Jack Medall. Like I'm just, I'm like you know, of guys who thought they were better than they were. Have you seen what Jake Bowers has been doing for the Yankees? I saw he's got five home runs. Yeah, he had two home runs in a game the other day. I, listen, it won't last. Yeah, because he's not good. And even if it does, 
It was they never had to move on. Here. They no, had no, to move on. That guy thought he was the yeah. cat's pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we got to talk about Tristan McKenzie. Wow. What a performance he had this weekend. I mean, 10 strikeouts, five innings. He threw like 70. I, if he had not been coming off the injury list, he would have gone seven, eight innings. He yeah. was great. Yeah. And that, they, they needed that. And they had said for a while he was climbing the walls. He, he, I'm a little surprised that it took as long as it did for him to come back. It didn't yeah. seem like an injury that was going to take that long to heal. I think Verlander had something similar and was back in half the time. Yeah. But regardless. Well, they're going to be ca- more careful with him than a 42-year-old sure. Verlander. Yeah, and, and rightfully so. Yeah. But he looked phenomenal. He'd been itching to get back on the mound for the last yeah. few weeks. And, and I, you know, I, I think all signs are pointing to Shane being traded. I really do. Well, I was going to ask you. I, mean, he was, I was going to say. It, it you does, and I weren't here Friday. He was awful. On yeah. But does, does McKenzie play, pitching that well actually save Shane Bieber in, in a sense? Because it's like, okay, if McKenzie is going to be your number one ace, right? If you trade Shane Bieber, it probably makes your roster a little worse. Well, and not if, well. Not if you get, not if you turn him into a really good hitter or two. But you're not going to get maximum value from Bieber right no, now. Like no. all the other teams see this and more. So why in would, terms of where so Shane's why would at you right not, now. Why would you not keep him then if you ain't get maximum value? Why would you keep him if, if he? Well, I'm if not close. Be, I don't know that his value is going to improve any time between now and the off season. If anything, it's only going to get worse right. because you use you lose that extra year of postseason right. control. And they need to get some hitting. Yes. I don't care who's hot now. They need another bat or two. Yes. And they can't. And when they trade him, yes, you're not going to get. If you would have traded him this offseason compared to what you're going to get now, it's not nearly as much. Right. But they can still turn him into a hitter. Can't, and that's what they need. Can't they package him? If, like, that's why I want Arias to play. Like, if you say, all right, we, we, we feel comfortable enough with Arias, right? You got Rokio. You got all these other young guys on there. Can't you package Bieber with something else to get a stick? Well, I mean, you should be able to get. It depends what, kind, what kind, how good a stick you want to get. I would like a. St- I would like a. But a, yeah, I mean, you should be able to get a starting caliber quality hitter yeah. for Bieber, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that you're going to get. You're not going to get a Brian Reynolds caliber, the guy, name that we've been throwing mm-hmm. around for months. No. You're not going to get that. But you'll get an everyday player for sure, certainly. And there is such a premium on pitching. Uh, you know, look at the pitcher that the Twins got from the Marlins for Luis Arise. Who, who is batting 390. 90. It's unbelievable. 399. Yeah. He went three for four yesterday. He's batting three. Uh, the, obviously, nobody's hit 400 since Ted Williams. We've got a long way long to go. Long way to go. There's only been he, six. He, I think he needs to be at like 420 right now. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, well, let me tell you. Because it's going to come down hit. as the year goes on. I'm not going to name any name. Nah, I shouldn't even. <coughs> forget it, forget it, forget it. But I was, there was a time last year where the Guardians were playing the Twins, right? And Luis Arise was up. And Byron Buxton was on deck. So I guess I am going to tell you the story. I'm just not going to say who else was involved in this. And the Guardians, and I was ripping Francona for not walking a rise to pitch to Buxton. Okay, I don't remember who the pitcher was. It was a one-run game, and the Guardians had like second and third. And I said, it's a no-brainer, you walk a rise. And this person, another member of the media, got on me and was like, well, Byron Buxton's the better player. And I'm like, no, no, he's not. He's got more power. Yeah. But Byron Buxton is much more pitchable than Luis Arise. I'm down one run. I'd rather face Buxton, who I could strike. Luis Arise ain't striking out. Right. And we got there was a little argument on Twitter about this. Uh, and once again, Luis Arise is proving I'm absolutely right because Buxton can't stay on the field. Buxton's a great talent, but he's never been able to stay on the field. And he strikes out way too much. 
Luis Arise, if I need a hit, I'll take him over anybody in baseball right now. Yeah. He, in the last 20 years, outside of maybe Ichiro, like, he's as good as just getting a hit at yeah. anybody. It's, an, it's his bat to ball is incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. And while we're talking twins yeah. that play with Royce Lewis down the first baseline, yeah. that's the downside to the Guardians trying to take shortstops and playing them all over the field. Right. Because Gabriel Arias is not a natural first baseman. He had the wrong leg was on completely out of position, handled yes. that totally the wrong way, and nearly got Royce Lewis really injured on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's just coming off the injury list. He's constantly season. got an injury. Although, e- even Josh Bell and Josh Naylor, who are first basemen, are not particularly good at the position. Naylor's improved. Yeah. I'll give him that. He but has. neither one's particularly good. No, but Arias but at least Derek, just totally botched yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, what are you going to do? That's not his natural position. Right. It's time to play him. I, I mean, really, Bo Naylor and Aria should be in the lineup every day. I, agree. I think. I, I mean, agree. I, you know, catcher not every day, but almost every day. Uh, usually by this time, you know, you it, it's already been declared whether you're going to be a contender or pretender. We haven't heard very much about the Guardians being, saying whether they're going to unload or go out and the get problem somebody. is the at both central divisions, but we'll talk specifically about the American League Central, are so bad. Yeah. That I would say nobody's out. I mean, Kansas City's out of it. Right. Because they're just so bad. But even the Guardians, the White Sox, that these teams, they're not, they're not, Guardians are not going to do some sort of sale. They never do a complete overhaul sale. But they're going to do what they what they did with Bauer and what they did with Clevenger. They're going to buy and sell, I think. They traded top pitchers while they were in division chases. Yes. And they easily could do the same. I mean, they don't have a ton to sell. Where are they going to sell? Shane, Bieber's a sell. But what else? Right. What other pieces uh, are there really to that sell? That are valuable, right? Rosario, you sell, but he's not worth he's much. He's not worth anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe a reliever, but you know, I don't. No, Karinchek doesn't have any value no, right Karinchek, now. Karinchek, no, he's pitched better. I'll give him credit. Yeah, he's but, done better lately. But no team's gonna. But no, you can't make a haul for Karinchek. Right. No, right. you're not getting a haul. No, any guy you can get a haul for is a guy you're not trading. Like right. Tristan McKenzie, you get right. a haul for. Sure. Uh, but you're not trading Tristan McKenzie, obviously. Um, it's time for them to go all in, and that's trading Bieber and trading whatever prospects they need to to get a frontline hitter. They need to get a big time hitter, and even I like Will Brennan, but if the trade has to include Will Brennan, then so be it. Yeah, and maybe he's hot now; he's worth more. I don't know. Like I need to get an outfielder that can hit me thirty home runs, and I'm not doubting it. Like that's going to bat two seventy five. That's going to hit 30. That can drive in 100 runs. That's not easy to get. Well, they got that. Uh, the Bauer deal, they got Fran Mill back when Fran Mill. We had, thought he was going to be good. We, but he, he had that, he had he had had that, that one year. He had that power when they got him. Yeah. They got Fran Mill and they got Puig. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So they got two bats. Who's been now, out of baseball since then. Yeah, but but in the yeah. moment. for No, I understand. And it yeah. turned out to be not a great trade. No. But in the moment, it looked like a great trade. And, and it solved some of their right-handed power issues that they had yeah. at the time. They got two really big bats for that lineup. So it is possible. Not every trade deadline is the same. Not every I needs know. are the same. <clears throat> but you can trade a Bauer. You can trade a Bieber and get the bat that you're talking about. 
Uh, we'll just have to wait and the see. The tricky I don't... thing also right now is there's not a lot of teams out of it. Right. Right? And you're trading Kluber. You, the Kluber thing, that's irrelevant because you're not trading to a team that's out of it. Uh, in terms of sellers, like, the only teams that are completely out of it are Oakland and Kansas City, and those teams have nothing to sell. Yeah. So I'm still going to stake my claim to Ramon Laureano. I still think there's okay, I, but you're fine. not going to trade Bieber for Laureano. No, but that's right. an available veteran who is absolutely miserable. I kind of can't. He's sure. like Nick Castellanos when he was in Detroit, where he's just given up and beaten down. Put him in a situation sure. where he has a chance to win. He's going to turn it I, around. I don't think he's as good as Castellanos, but okay. No, I, but but he's a power speed combo he's guy. Not, that I think he's, we, a, he's fine. But I feel like they need a really like a better guy than that. I I agree. Yeah. But I I, I don't know. He's he's certainly not the guy that's going to clear the forty man logjam that we've been talking about. Yeah. Bundling these prospects, he's not a guy you're going to do that for. He's just a guy who I, I think would help this lineup. Uh, but but I don't I don't know. To your point, I think this is going to be a recurring problem in baseball. Yeah. Every year with the second wild card is nobody's really out the of third, it. Third, the three wild cards. But in in the, in this case, it's the division titles. Nobody's out. Of the ten, none of the ten central teams are particularly good, and nine of the ten are still in it right. because the division is so bad. But it feels like every year since the expanded playoffs, we have this conversation. Yeah. That more teams are in it. Nobody right. knows. It's it's like it comes right down until July twenty fifth, twenty right. eighth, before teams realize but which direction they want to go. That leads to more, you know, legit trades, like legit legit player for legit player trade. And again, I think the Cardinals were a good match. They've mm-hmm. got a lot of outfielders that are interesting. And they need pitching. I, I mean, I, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, this is crazy. You know, yeah. you know, I go back, and I would have never thought about this at the time. What? Uh, 2016 uh, Indians, right? You think, well, okay, they, you know, they were not known for crazy power, right? Man, I go back and look, and would you die? You would give your left arm to get these numbers. In 2016, Mike Napoli had 34 home runs. Kip, Man, I didn't realize he had that many home Kipnis runs. hit 23. Lindor had 15. Jose Ramirez only had Lindor 11. only had 15? Only 11 that year. Wow. Rajay Davis had 12. Uh, Tyler Naquin had 14. Carlos Santana hit 34 home runs. Yeah, I mean, think about even some guys, even some guys like Naquin and Rajay Davis hit double digits. Double digits. How many guys in the Guardians going to hit double digits this year? I, I'm waiting. Rosario won't. Quan won't. Straw won't. I don't know if the catching position will, unless they call up Naylor, which they will eventually. That's half the lineup. Jimenez, he might get there. No, but he'll, 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 he'll get there. He'll he got get three. There, he got and three. Bell will eventually get there, but like they're gonna have, they may have four spots that don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that is. I didn't look at it. You're right. I mean, so Naylor's got eight. He's definitely gonna get ten. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming health, obviously. Right. Ramirez has six. He'll get to ten. Yeah. Josh Bell has four. I believe he'll. I mean, get it's to embarrassing 10. that we're even talking about get to ten. I know. Jimenez has three, but he'll I think we all believe yeah, he'll, he'll get, to, get ten. to ten. I don't know. I mean, Rosario has one. No. What's Brennan have? Three. This is crazy. He'll, if he plays every day, he'll get to ten. I think he'll get to ten if he plays every day, but not much past it. Arias has four. I mean, the only guys getting to twenty are Naylor and Ramirez. That's it. Yeah. I don't think Josh Bell's going to hit twenty at this point. He could. He'd have to go on a tear, which but he's capable of. I, he's the only other guy that could possibly get a twenty. Oh, yeah. Oh, the next year, the next year, uh, Santana hit twenty-three. Ed Carnacion. Uh, Kipnis twelve. Lindor hit thirty-three. Ramirez hit twenty-nine. Encarnacion hit thirty-eight. Yeah. Come on, listen. These you had three, four dudes. In the 30s, boy. Right. Yeah. If we had one dude in the 30s, we'd be flipping, doing backflips. Yeah, I mean, uh, Josh Naylor's leading the team in homers, and he's on pace for about 22. 
It's not good. No. The yeah. Guardians have a like. It's they're on pace for one of the lowest home run to- team totals in modern history. Yeah, it's it's scary how low they, it is. They're it's barely scary. on pace for 100 home runs, I That's think, crazy. which is crazy. All right, we got a new game that we're going to play, Mike. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.